When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are here with the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Dice it up special, mixed with courtside. Dano, Gabe, it's always good to see you. And Gabe, I'd love for you to introduce our amazing guest. Oh. You have ties back to the DC days. The, the DC days. We're here with Megan Jebiak, head coach of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, former head coach of the American Eagles. Uh, I got to cover your Pat yeah. League run last year. I thought it was just so great. You know how you connected with those players and how emotional those moments were watching you guys in the semifinals and finals and just like how the team really responded to each other i thought that was the best part of american last year so when you were coming to wake i'm a big acc guy everyone who listens to this podcast knows i love the acc i got so excited so when you're thinking about the move you know you go from american one of the better teams in pat league because you built the program there to wake forest a team Obviously, it has great history, but is kind of more of a it's it's a bigger fish, smaller pond in terms of the town, smaller pond, bigger fish in terms of the conference. Yeah. So, how do you approach just like the 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 rebuild at Wake versus how you approached it starting at America? Um, I, I don't know if it was that much different in the sense of like recruiting is the key; it's a, your lifeline to your program. But I think just building the foundation, right? Mm-hmm. Set, setting in your defense, right? Showing them this is how we do things. The offense piece took some time. Yeah. It's still taking time. But just making sure that they understand the fundamental blocks of just the um, – when you look at our defense, for example, mm-hmm. like we talked a little bit about the three-point percentage, like focusing on little areas that can just get a little bit better. I watched a lot of film of them coming into the job and recognized you know, some deficiencies where we could just immediately make an impact at that. And there's certain things, certain fundamentals of our defense that we, we don't change, right? And I think it's easier for them – when you have all these rules, right, it's a little yeah. easier, a little bit more black and white, and then add to those things as you scout people. So for us, it was that. It was also the relationship piece. Like we knew that they needed to, to trust us, and in order for them to trust us, they had to get to know us. So we spent a lot of time with them in the summer, just hanging out, yeah. understanding what <clears throat> what drives them, what makes them, you know, an ACC basketball player. Why did you choose Wake? All those types of things because it's important to move forward knowing those details, right? Yeah, and having and having, I feel like your team really did have those relationships that came out. Also, I want to ask before I forget because I know as soon as we talk about hoops, I'm going to forget. Emily, 
your, your assistant coach, was telling me that in this move, going from D.C., probably a small apartment, going to Winston-Salem, you're buying, you're purchasing powers much better in Winston-Salem. Uh, so in the middle of this move, you're coming in late, got recruiting, got transfer portal, you get a dog, you get a puppy. <laughs> Yes, I, I decided that my other dog needed a friend. Sure. Right, so I, I purchased this dog online. And then the whole wake thing happened, and I'm like, I can't go back on my word. I have to take the dog, right? And the, she's been a handful, yeah. can I tell you? She's been a huge handful. But I've enjoyed, honestly. It's, it's nice because I'm not home that much, right? Mm -hmm. So for them to be able to be friends and hang out in the house and all that was great. But I tell you, I was, I was stressed. Like, I, I don't think I... <laughs> Realize how stress can like ruin yep. your body. Yeah, I've had eczema. I've oh, had really? like things yeah. that I've never had before, and I just think it's a combination of moving, higher level, a lot of pressure, recruiting. Like you hit the ground running, and I wasn't sure how much Wake was gonna have me do early yeah. on, but I was doing stuff every day, like yeah. just out in the public or whatever, speaking to people, and it was a lot. Um, but I understand that they want to win, right. and so do I. And I think this program has really struggled to be consistent with the winning aspect right. of it. So it's gonna take it's gonna take an overhaul. It's gonna take all of our time and effort and energy. Yeah. With the anxiety and excitement around moving like that, there is probably no better move personally than to get another dog. Like <laughs> right. a puppy's up. Yeah, she was eight the, weeks. The endorphins. I mean yeah, I my wife is a stickler with training our dog. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people know about Ollie. He's beautiful. Oh I love it. But like the endorphins you get from seeing a puppy, and we saw one at dinner last night, and luckily Gabe got to look at it the entire time. I sat and looked at this beautiful Aww. guy. <laughs> but, no, I love that move. We gotta bring Ziggy and Ollie down to, uh, yes. down to Wake. You oh. do, uh, we can introduce all the dogs. We'll oh have a God. dog day. Dog yes. day? Yes, Let's do it. I have a house now in a backyard, so. Yes. Oh, How yeah. cute. He's a hundred pound. He's he's hundred pound Bernie so, Doodle so I, unit. My one, my medium size one's about forty five pounds, okay. and she's a pit mix. And then the other yeah. one's a mini Golden Doodle, oh. really mouthy, <laughs> really mouthy, but the boss and the yeah. boss of everything. Love but that. love her to death, and she's such a sweetheart. So dog, mm -hmm. I love dogs. And what are their names? Um, Callie and Reese. Callie and Reese. Yeah. No, that's uh, just like the. So as as a as a person who none of their friends have kids, two of my friends just got puppies. I just can imagine like. The stress of doing the co like coaching a major college <laughs> right. program plus the puppy because oh, like they those, those people are stressed. But you know to get back to the hoop side of yes. it, um, like why why do you think when you took the American job did you have a similar stress or did you just not know? And, yes, because it was my first head coaching okay. job, right? So moving over that that next chair yeah. was stressful, mm -hmm. right? Because I didn't know what I was going to do. Was that my stand during the games? Was I going to sit? How right. I think I, I didn't know what to do with right. myself, kind of uh -huh. that first year. But the basketball was still the basketball, right? It was still the same level of basketball. I think the difference here is knowing that, you know, you've got a certain amount of time on your contract, right? Yeah. And you want to make sure that you continue the improvement each and every year because I want to be there. I want to stay. I want to build it, right? I want to make Wake, you know, one of the better teams in the ACC. And it's hard to stay at the top. I mean, look at this year. It's just the ACC yeah. was all over the place, you know, with people, everybody beating everybody, yeah. and it was just, it was fun, and I don't think I expected that. I expected, like, the haves and the have-nots, kind yeah. of, going into the league, and it really wasn't that way, for the most part. And, you know, I'm not just saying this because you're sitting here. I, <laughs> Daniel can tell you, I say this all the time, I think the ACC, and this is no shade to any other conference, I think top to bottom has the best coaching 
in the, in the country. Yeah. How does that affect what you're saying in terms of it can be any night? Like, is that? Be, do you think that's because of the coaching, the game plan, and the scouting that goes into every single team? In the yeah, world? I mean, I think it is, and I think it's just across the country. Right. Recruits know the ACC, yes, right? So you know that that you want to go there right. between ACC, Big Ten, SEC. Right? Mm-hmm. Those are the three conferences you think about. Um, so I think the coaching is outstanding, and I. I feel like going into it, what I recognize is, you know, in, in the mid-major level, you can still potentially not play that well right. and win. You cannot do that. Like, you really can't. Yeah. So it's it's being at your best as much as possible. And I think for us this year, as, as well as we did, we were inconsistent. We lost a couple games we shouldn't have lost, right? And it's like going back and reviewing those films and trying to figure out for next year, how do we make that change? And it really, I think, starts in practice with a consistent effort and attitude and just, you know, going after it. You know, it's, 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 as you get into the season, you have male practice players, right? So you start to use them more and you're like, you're still playing everyone. I, I try to, I'm big on everyone playing because I, I want the, the people that don't play as much to get better. But, but at the same token, like you also have to rest them a little bit. So I feel like at times it's good and at times it's not good. Um, just because they don't know what ACC women's basketball is as far as like yeah. the physicality. I think yeah. the physicality was the one thing that I was like, okay, <laughs> got, got it. Check that box. That, to the point of like, you're still learning your team every day. Every day. Every day. I mean, Coach Yo told me that as well. It's like, I, I don't know what my team is going to be like in two weeks. That's like, right. And it's, that's so beautiful to me and profound because it's like, you can adjust a whole team's identity throughout the season, still playing within the system, yes. but working to what works well and, and, and avoiding what doesn't. And I mean, it's a perfect example of some of the games that you won that I like, it's like, ah, I don't think, wait, you know, this team look, looking good here. Like, yep. um, I mean, it's Louisville's the same kind of way. Louisville yep. looked really bad at, at the start of this year. Um, like no offensive flow. And then like, I, I mean, I think Jeff is a big, big reason why they did so successfully. I agree. He after our game, after he lost us, he changed his light up. I was like, good for him. You know, he totally changed it, and it worked in his favor. So yeah, I think he's a magician. Honestly, he's a really good job of coaching and understanding his players and being real with them. I think that's the other side of it. Yeah, which is hard to do. It is in any job. It but is. It coaching, is. God. Mm-hmm. I've called him. I've a magician too. So I'm glad you used the term. Yeah, like, you know, he have is. someone back, backing yeah. me up. Um, but you, so so. And for you, like moving up to this this level, you know, and you have all this talent, and do you feel like you had to change in terms of not necessarily what you did on the court, like how you talk to the players, how how you set stuff up, like and, you know, you mentioned rules, right? You mentioned rules in your defense. Did you feel like you got to stick to rules, or, or is it something that you just stick to the messaging of certain things? I think it was more of. Oh, that's a tough one because I think it's a little of both. Okay. I think it's a little of the messaging. I think I knew that they were learning this year, so I don't think I was as tough on them as I could have been, right? And I've told them that. I said, wait till next year, <laughs> you know. So that piece. But I mean, I've been preaching defense the whole time. I said we're not gonna we're not gonna move forward until we buy into that end of the floor. And I think it was the first time that they realized they could do it. Like they mm-hmm. really could be good at it. We have enough good defenders on our team right. and we I, I still don't think we're there yet right. you know you see us play at the end of the year and I'm like god we're making so many little mistakes mm-hmm. that we shouldn't be making but we had quite a few kids out there that didn't have a lot of experience you know um Liv Sunil yeah. she had a lot of experience Jewel and then Elise I guess had one year but yeah. like Demir's playing yeah. Kai didn't have a lot of experience so it's like them learning and catching up mm-hmm. to where everyone else is but I, yeah I mean I think it's a little 
the messaging. And I, I told them, I said, next year, it's going to be way more demanding. It's not good enough. Right. You know, 500 is not good enough. That's not where we want to be. You all want to be in the NCAA tournament. You've said that to me. I want to get there too. That requires a top half finish, right? And we got to jump up like five or six more spots. So in order to do that, like we're going to focus a lot in the summer on conditioning, right. on strength training, getting stronger for the physicality of yeah. the game, understanding how not to foul, but be <laughs> physical at the same time. Yeah. It's not our strength this year. Um, yeah. So we got in trouble a lot and that hurt us. Well, I mean, we were talking about fouls. Fouls. a lot yeah. of fouls away for us. I rather you foul a lot. Well, so for me, I rather you foul a lot than a little, right? Like fouling a lot means you're you're there. You're aggressive. Sure, I mean, sure. But the thing is, is we didn't have a backup point guard. We yeah. didn't have a backup yeah. five. So us fouling really didn't help yeah. us. Okay. It hurt us to have to sub. And when yeah. I sub, things usually were on like unsteady ground because I didn't yeah. know what my bench was going to give me. Yeah, and that, so you play a lot of players who get tired, so you tend to foul more. Uh, but it's hard not to, you know, yeah. go with who you trust at a certain point, especially when Indeed. the season is like, you know, middle, you're knee deep. It's I love the word middle. trust because yeah. I think it's hard to gain my trust. But then when you have it, sometimes people that don't have it are yeah. frustrated by it, yeah. right? Because they're like, why can't I break into that? You yeah. know, why she get the the uh, the go, the nod mm -hmm. over and over again, yeah. and I don't. And it's it is a trust thing. Mm -hmm. And I trusted those starters, you know, and it was it was tough. It was tough for me to sub. And speaking of conditioning, I just want to, like, really want to talk about emotional health. <laughs> okay. So, I'm, I, everyone on this podcast knows, I just started coaching high school. And we run the emotional health. Terrific. Yes. I love you. We run four out, four out one in. Okay. Um, I really know, you know, I watch a lot more NBA than college, getting, getting sure. into basketball. I don't really know what the emotional offense is all about. And I found the hardest part was, A, convincing players to cut correctly, which I still do not know. I mean, we eventually, like, eventually they got they got the message, but I don't know if we did that. <laughs> yeah. And then B, getting them to run the actual offense when they're tired. And oh. I saw that with you guys a couple times where it was like fourth quarter, especially against Florida State. And Jewel has been playing the entire game, but she's still the one moving everyone, and the rest of the players are just so tired. So how do you how do you get over those two humps of convincing them to cut? And getting to cut throughout the game, even when the I hard. love that. I love that you notice that uh, and that you've experienced that because Jewel, in particular, has said to me, "Wow, I didn't realize how much I have to move in this offense. I wasn't ready for this." Mm -hmm. So, not in the sense that she didn't like it. It yeah. was just like, "I need to be in better shape." <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Right, and, and she, her favorite player is Steph Curry. Well, look how much he moves. Yeah, yeah. I said, "If that's your best player, you yeah. really need to get into elite shape coming into next year." And I think. The hardest part is to get them to cut to trust each other, to not like look around as you're screening because you don't focus on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. We talked a lot about that. Like focus on, if you said get and you're screening, yeah. you set the screen. I don't care where the ball is. You're, you don't need to see the ball. Yeah. And that was hard to get them to do. A lot of them said that that was probably the hardest piece. There's certain kids on our team, Melissa Andrews runs motion extremely well because she doesn't care that she has the ball in her hands all the time. Or a Jewel or an Elise like to have the ball in their hands a little bit more. So we started to do more ball screens as the season went on for them. And you can do ball screens out of motion. Yeah. It's just you don't want to do, that's not the only thing you want to do. We had to ban the ball screen. Yeah, I, I, I always start doing that. Like okay. not allowing them to ball screen because sure. that's what they'll just default to yeah. is the ball screen piece and handoffs. And I'm like, that's not getting anyone open. 
It's, it's so, cool if you do that as part of it, but it was like every single play was a bullshit. It's trust. It comes back to the yeah. trust word because like Louisville in the yeah. tournament, third game in a row, we're exhausted mm-hmm. going in, right? And they're pressuring the heck out of us, right? And we don't want to move. Right. And we don't want to cut because we don't trust our teammates going to get us the ball. Yeah. And there's just so much that goes into that offense that I would say it takes a good year to mm-hmm. learn and, and figure out what each other's doing. Because you know eventually, oh, she's going to fly cut there. Or she's going to straight cut there. Or she's yeah. going to slip the screen, so I'm going to be ready to pass. It was just a bunch of, I don't know, it, for, for somebody like me, it, it, it allows for you not to control the game. You're yeah. not controlling yeah. it. You're letting them yeah. control it to a degree. And that's what they want. Right, and that's what they want. However, when the shot clock winds down, then they're like, where's Jewel? Yeah. And then they just shove the ball at her. Like, that's not the point. You yeah. want to keep cutting and screening. So that's something we have to get over. Well, and I mean, you build that natural chemistry too with each other. I mean, because it's not just you trusting, but them trusting each other. That's and right. understanding like, okay, I can improv at this point. Like we And, and reading the defense at the same time, when you're just running a motion offense to start out, it's probably impossible, yes, right? Yes, it is you're, hard. You're just focusing on yourself and your teammates. Yep. But when you hit that next step of like understanding where I can take advantage of this. Yeah, I can't wait for beautiful. that. Like yeah. it is gonna be a beautiful yeah. uh, way of playing the game, right. I think. But if we're not there to the yeah. point where, there's a couple, Elise runs the offense really yeah. well too. She's a really good passer. Mm-hmm. So she finds cutters yeah. to You'll the You'll flashes of it, right? Like, you do, you're like, yeah. oh, there it is. Yeah, you but did it. Yeah, You face cut. Yes. You actually face cut. But it's just, it takes time. Yeah. So I look forward to next year because yeah. now they're not all freshmen to yeah. a degree, right? And we have three freshmen coming in. Um, we have two kids that sat out for uh, season-ending injuries this year, and then maybe a transfer or two. So we're still going to have some newbies, mm-hmm. so to speak. So, so why do you? So like Dano played D three, ran the Princeton, okay. right? Yeah. Oh, the Princeton. Okay. Yeah. So why do you? Why do you? Yeah. I mean, I I think the Princeton would be really cool to play in as a player. Just like you do this, you do that, and then something happens. Yeah. Do this or that. So why, so why do you like the motion? Like I know our co- our coach gave us like a list of things of what this is why we run motion offense. I just want to hear from you. Like why did you first start running the motion offense? Well, because I think it's easier to make adjustments to based on how uh, the defense is playing you. I think also it's hard to scout because I honestly don't know what they're doing. Yeah. They just have to read it. We can go into the game and say I think they're going to switch guard to guard, post to post, right. or they're going to switch one through five, mm. or they're not going to switch at all. Right. And then based on how they're guarding it, you make adjustments throughout the game which is a little bit easier. Sets are scoutable. I think we realized that as the season went on. Yeah. Like To me this year though, the big thing was uh, ball screen and rescreen. It seems mm-hmm. to be the action that everyone's going yeah, to, yeah. which I think is really effective for somebody like Jewel, yeah. who you have you have to be there. If the post isn't there, she's going to shoot it. Yeah. So, you know, so that was actually advantageous for us to have that. But like when you have a bunch of kids that are maybe um, not Jewel's level, yeah. you need to find different ways to score. And this is one way to put them in position to score, even if you're not the you know the first team All ACC. And so, and, and, you, and so with the uh, with those rescreens, like I'm, everyone's running it, and like millions of different. I saw, I forgot who was running like a double drag, and then they rescreened the That's, double drag. I, I did that. Okay. Yeah, we that did made, that. Uh-huh. Maybe it was you. I have yeah. a clip of that somewhere. Yeah. Uh, do you like do you like the rescreen more, or do you like a get more? I know a lot of teams are also going to the you know dribble out. Off ball screens, you mean, or just a get, in general? A get for a handoff, like so, instead of the rescreen. So our term get uh, basically means I'm screening for you, not a oh, ball okay, screen. Okay. We yeah. have a different term for a ball screen. Okay. But what we did, we do a double drag in transition, mm-hmm. and we changed it. Sometimes the four would roll out, sometimes okay. the five would rescreen, sometimes mm-hmm. the four would go screen. Yeah. The five, and then we do a roll and rise. So we would switch it game to game based on what we saw on film from prior games and how they guarded things. Yeah. So 
I do see the value in that. I think um, at times, like, so when I went into this year, I watched them run transition. I'm like, it is all over the place. Mm-hmm. So we need to kind of restructure it where the point guard gets the outlet and the two runs the right side. And I hate doing that. And the two yeah. run, just to get them organized. Yeah. So we did that. Now I'm recognizing it might be better if Jewel has a ball in her hands, or at least just because mm-hmm. we get more out of that. So next year going into the season, I'm thinking maybe it's just whatever guard gets it, let's go, yeah. you know, and do it that way and add some things to it. But yeah, so for, for me, I mean, the rescreen was huge. For, Virginia Tech is the game that I think about because yeah. Kidley did not want to come out and no. defend no. on the ball screen. So I'm like, well, let's keep doing it. Yeah. And you don't you don't want to go to her. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm, I'm okay going to her. You stay there. I'll shoot. Exactly. Uh, I was going to say, in some of these systems that coaches run, like, I mean, I think about, like, Texas, for example, doing dribble drive. Okay. When you face his own defense, yeah. like, some of the principles, obviously, with motion should be helpful to the team. But I feel like too many times, especially in the tournament, you're seeing, like, his own defense for the first time, and teams have no idea what to go up against <laughs> the league. And it drives me Insane. off the wall yeah. watching this happen because I'm like, I – it just it becomes bad basketball. I mean, yeah. unless you like defense, you know. It's well, it's not even like necessarily good defense. It's like yeah. they're just not. They're just like yeah. it's like a you watch a you and yeah. you're like team goes yeah. zone and it just goes to hell. Yeah, it does. It absolutely. So I mean, you want to shoot right, but so I guess my question behind this is, how much do you work on that if teams especially know that oh they're going to run the motion, let's just stop and and get in a 2-3 and, and make them move around and make Joel shoot and beat Well, it's really easy to transition from motion yeah. if you don't know its zone into a zone offense. Mm-hmm. So our, our zone offense is very similar to motion in the sense of it is a, it's not a scripted offense. Yeah. And I've had okay. coaches in the past say to me, so when, when the ball goes here, is there a certain, like, <laughs> no, there's not. It's, it honestly, I, um, I talked to Harry Peretta a lot about okay. his zone offense because I love what Villanova's done in yeah. the past. And he talked me through kind of how they do it. And we tweaked it a little based yeah. on our personnel. But there is certain positions in the zone. Yeah. So you have to yeah. know certain positions. But if you are a perimeter player, for, for example, you can cut through, at any, but you got to pass and cut. Yeah. You cannot stand, stand in the same spot. Yes. You cannot stand yes. in the same spot. So there's that really piece good. of it. So yeah. do you go with like the shallow cuts? You can shallow cut. You can flare off of oh. a flasher who flashes inside. Yeah. Um, you could go to the corner, like if it's a three-two, you know the yeah. corners are your weak yeah. spot. So you got to find the areas that it's hard for them to rotate to. So just like moving the ball. Yes, yes. Speed. I it's, mean, like I mean, the amount of times I like would throw it back to uh, the guy at the top and yep. just want him to ball screen the other way and come back to me. It's like just move the defense a little bit. Um, I had to rant. I'm sorry. No, no. no I, I love Texas that. still. I'm sorry, <laughs> Longhorn fans. Didn't mean to single them out. <laughs> well, I thought, I mean, you mentioned dribble drive, and I, th- I thought of Florida State because yeah. that's what oh, they do, yeah. and they're so effective. Like, that's one of the hardest teams, I think, to guard because they put the ball relentlessly on the floor. Yeah. Shoes, I mean, everyone was shooting. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe Timson wasn't shooting, but like. Yeah, Timson does a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, how many of these kids are graduating? I hope some of them are graduating. <laughs> yeah, Latson's going to be a problem for a while. She is. Yeah. She absolutely is. I mean, she's special. Shame we didn't get to see her in the. I would love to see her versus Jewel yes. in the tournament yeah. when, it, when it really matters. Yeah, oh yeah. my god, and a game close. I mean, I'd be freaking out, loving it. I'm sure it's probably stressful for someone coaching. <laughs> it but. is. Well, it is. And when we found out she wasn't playing in the tournament, yeah. I was like, oh no. It's like yeah. good, but bad. Because yeah. then you're like, 
now I feel like we should win, yeah, right? I but we, we weren't. I mean, yeah. the first half was terrible. So it's hard when you game plan for somebody and then they're not there. Yeah. And then you, you have no time to kind of get ready. Oh, and, then it, and they were not going to tell you. I, I walked out. I saw her. Like, I walked out and someone was walking with me and they were like, is that Latson? Like, she doesn't have her game clothes yeah, on. And it was like five yeah. minutes before game. I was like, okay, I guess she's What's not going playing. On? Yeah. So I'm assuming that's when you found out too. And like, yeah. That that is actually interesting because I, I think um, you know we we had we've had a lot of conversations about yeah. withholding information sure. in terms of the injuries. Oh. And it, so <laughs> Dano Dano likes to uh, bet. He runs our betting aspect. Yeah. But and he also loves who. Yeah. But for me, I was telling them like I would never tell anyone any of our injuries until at the absolute last second because you had to game plan for lots. Of, so then what what happens? Like do you just kind of like say okay we're going out the game plan and we're trying to do so. I don't know if you remember, but our point guard went down yeah, yeah. against UVA, and she did a great job on Latson when, yeah. when we played him at home, because it was it ended up being a one point game. Mm-hmm. I think we lost by one. Yeah. And she did a terrific job guarding her, and she goes down. I'm thinking, oh, man, this is gonna be rough, because we just don't have anyone else that can guard. Like at least can, but at least has to do so much on offense mm-hmm. too that it's like really hard. But this when I when I heard that, I was like, all right, well maybe that's good. Kai's out. We don't have to worry about that. But then you know they they become they shared the ball a little bit more yeah. if that makes sense right yeah. and now they're making perimeter shots and I'm like ah oh. so yeah you just don't you don't know but she also makes plays and they look for her and when things got tight and we started to make that run she wasn't there right yes. and I think that was the difference yeah. right there and, and Jewel was and Jewel was yeah so yeah, I mean I thought, that's the difference I mean I think Jewel um, you know, she's just a special. Person. She's a great person, like just human being. Honestly, terrific. You know, so I asked her at, at the tor- after you guys lost the tournament. So I want to know, cause, you know, I, as the as the ACC guy, I get talked to all the time of like, oh, is is Jewel gonna transfer? Whatever, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think so. Like, I don't think she she wants to do something different. And that's why I asked her, like, why is it important for you to be awake? And she had just a, like a really beautiful answer about how this school trusted her and she wants to give it back. Could you just like talk a little bit more about her attitude in that regard and just her attitude overall? I think Jewel um, treats herself like a professional athlete, right? She takes care of her body. We talked to her a little bit about nutrition. Sometimes she thinks something's nutritious and it's not, <laughs> right? So I think that's like her next step is she tries, but she could do a better job, especially when they go back to school in the fall, because in the summer, you have more time. You can control what you're putting in your body. It's like when you're in class and you're rushing around and then it's a little bit harder. Um, so we talked to her about like meeting with a nutritionist and that type of thing, but she treats herself like that. So, and she puts the time, like you can sit there and say she takes a lot of shots. Sure, she does, but like she's earned those shots. Yeah. She's put the time in to take them. Yeah. And there's not a, a kid on the team that thinks differently, right? Mm-hmm. They understand where she's coming from. And I think for Jewel, like, she loves Wake Forest. She went to Wake Forest because A, the degree. Yeah, yeah. We talk a lot about academics. Her and her family are big believers in that. And awesome. B, like, she wanted to make a name for herself. Yeah. And she knows if she's going to a Louisville or she's going to an NC State or wherever, you know, she's going to be one of many. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we need more players to do that just to bring parity to, yeah, to women's basketball. The more players that do that, you're going to see it more like the men's tournament. Yeah. We've had some upsets and it's looked yeah, great. It's, it's coming. It is coming. It's I believe coming. that. So it's just a matter of like having more jewels out there that want to build places, right? And she's stuck with us. She's stuck with a new coaching staff. Right. I think that if she was going to leave, it would have been in the coaching change, yeah. you know? So, um, but in the age of NIL, <laughs> oh, you just never, it's you, awesome. you never know, right? Yeah. Good. And she takes advantage of it. I mean, she goes and does her things with NIL and, and you know, does her tax forms <laughs> and all that kind of stuff that she's got to do. And she's very responsible with that. And 
you know, I think she's helping grow Wake's name, yeah. you know, just in general. Absolutely. I mean, so, I mean, about, like, her ceiling, like, what do you think is that next step outside of, like, obviously, you know, taking care of her body, but, like, what, what else do you yeah. think she adds to her game that really puts her at, like, the elite of the next level? Yeah, game? I like that you asked that question. I we, we just had our end-of-the-year meeting not too long ago this week, and we said... So one of my questions in my questionnaire was like, well, how, where do you see yourself, mm. like right now? Yeah. All American, all ACC, starter Ooh. on a winning team, in the rotation, scout. And she circled all American, and I circled all ACC. So we talked about it because I think you have to sit there and say to yourself, like, why do you think that? This is why I think that. Where do you need to go with your progression? And I said, you are all ACC. That's why I circled it. And if you were an all American, we'd probably win more games. I said that to her, it's and she, it is true. Yeah. And she said, "Okay." And I said, "But do I think you can get there? Absolutely. Yeah. You're right now a two-level scorer at the rim and three. You need the pull-up. You need the mid-range mm -hmm. to be consistent, yeah. and different ways of scoring the mid-range: the floater, right, the runner, the pull-up, left, right. You know, you need to go left more. Like we talked about all the things that she could get better at: the elite shape, yes. doing every rep gain speed, yeah. like those types of things. Getting stronger. Honestly, I think." She's not as strong as she should be. So we, she met with our strength guy, who I think is excellent. And he's talked with her about her goals and the things that she needs to do to get there. And I think if we have her for two more years, you know, because she's got the COVID year, I think we can get her there. So it's just a matter of her doing it. Does she like to, well, I don't know if she likes, do you, do you see her more, her future with you guys and then at the next level as an on-ball as a point guard, essentially, more So it's funny, I talked about it with my staff, you know, because I'm like, is it, are we better with Drew running the point? Right. Or are we better as the, the two? And I think it's a, it's a combination. Okay. Like, yeah. we're going to have to run some sets with her running that spot mm -hmm. as the point. Mm -hmm. um, but it's exhausting. And so you don't want to, like, against pressure in particular, like, she's wearing herself out, breaking pressure, and now she can't score. Right. So that is always in the back of my mind. They're like, yeah, and we're actively looking to sign a point guard too. So that's yeah. something that, you know, yeah. we, we have to help her out and her teammates need to get her uh, open at times within motion, yeah. I think. So when you're, when you're talking to her about the stuff you want her to work on, like the mid-range stuff, is, is she that type of person that, that is searching for the constructive criticism on things to yes. ask? Yes, yes. Yeah, she absolutely amazing. is. She's like, I, I want you to tell me the truth. I want you to be yeah. honest with me. And of course, I mean, if you want to be a pro, I don't know, like when you get to that level, I've never been at that level. I don't know if yeah. they're like patting you on the back, you're going to be fine. Probably not, right? Like you either do it or you don't. So I was talking to uh, Mike Tebow yeah. this year. Obviously, I've known him through Mystics and all that. And I said, I, I need your honest opinion on Drew. Can she play at the next level? And he's like, she's got all the pro stuff, all the ball handling, all that stuff. He said, but if she doesn't go game speed and she doesn't shoot 40% from three, no. I told her that. I said, you, you, this yeah. is your goal. You've got to shoot that well from three, night in and night out. You know, your field goal percentage was 38% overall. That's not good enough. Mm -hmm. yeah. All Americans don't shoot 38% mm -hmm. from the field. They're in the mid-40s. So we have some work to do. Yeah. I imagine but, she's already in the gym. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure she is. I'm sure I she mean, is. too many players. I mean, it's more so probably like the younger generations too, but just like are complacent and, and happy. But like the stars who are not, it's it's a recipe for something really special. Different I, level I'm of so thinking. excited. Yeah. 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 I didn't have that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I had a good time. <laughs> we 
Oh, oh, I was Dana happy to be there. Defensive player of the year in this conference. I was happy to be there. Oh, did you? Yeah, but now in rec league, I play zero. <laughs> you know, I just get shots up. He played all his defense for his life. That's okay. okay. That was your role, right? Yeah, Everybody's got yeah. their role. High court passes. Three shots a game. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But there's, I, I love defense. So I love yeah. watching people play defense, and that's like their element. Like it's fun to watch that. Like even the, um, what's the kid on Florida State? Um, the little point guard. I can't think no, of her no. name. Oh, it's Uh Yes, her. Yes. Like watching her play defense is kind of special. Like yeah. I couldn't stand her, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because she was good at it. Yeah. But you're like, all right, you gotta give yeah, props to the kid. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, and, and the problem with when you know good defense especially somebody who watches and maybe wagers on games. <laughs> the charge call and the illegal screen call are the worst two calls in the game. I'm, I'm over it. I just want to get that out again. I probably got to complain like once every 10 podcasts, but you know, we're getting close to the end of the season. Got to get it out I, there. I, 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 so don't get yourself in trouble. Don't get yourself fired. Okay, please. Uh, refs. How do you approach it? So like this year, I'm, I run hot. I, uh, I'm not a very high strong person. <laughs> So I almost I'm, got, I'm calm for the most part. No, I, I know. I've so, so, so yep, seen you yep. on the bench. I'm like, I would really love to be like her. I'm never going to be like that. <laughs> That's okay. That's but so, like, the first, like, I don't know, 10 games a season, like, you know, I was I was almost getting kicked out, like, all the time. Yeah. And so I felt like I had to just say, okay, I have to understand that we're playing against the refs as well. We just have to assume that we are playing against the refs because if we don't, it's going to make us mad at and get us on focus. How do you approach that, especially when we see in these giant moments, these calls that look, you know, wrong. We'll say wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do, you, how do you control that emotion yourself and make sure that that control in yourself trickles down to the team? So it really didn't come out in me, that, that the part of you that comes yeah. out a lot, until, like, Louisville. Like, they were starting to make mm. some questionable calls, and I'm like, we could win this game. Like, you cannot do this to me right yes. now, that type of thing. But honestly, we have my assistants officiate in practice, okay. right? And I tell them, make some bad calls yeah. and let's see what happens. And boy, did our kids get frustrated. <laughs> like I saw it in practice. And I said, we cannot be this way because apparently they don't, they don't like us anyway. So that's not gonna help us. <laughs> yeah. So we actually, yeah. I mean, for the first so probably 15 games, yeah. we were constantly talking to them about, you need to talk nice to the officials. You need to yeah. ask them why without getting frustrated. Don't throw your hands up, but we still did it. But don't throw your hands up, don't say anything, right? Because I think there's a reason why they made the call, right? And if you get frustrated, then why? They're human. Yeah. Why would they want to help you yeah. 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 after you do that, right? So it's it's one of those things, we're not where we should be yet, but yeah. I think we're getting better at that, I think. And yeah, it's fun. It was fun to watch them just get crazy in practice. And I'm like, wow, we really struggle with this aspect. So, I mean, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does, because I did that same thing. Yeah, yeah we, were, we were running scrimmage, and I'd be like, that's a foul. And would be like, no, you're kidding me. I was like, no, well, And not. my staff does a really good job of saying, remembering the officials. I usually don't remember yeah. them that well unless there's been an incident. They'll sit there and say to me, she can't handle it. Mm -hmm. You can talk to this person, uh, this and that. So they'll tell me before the game, like, who, who, yeah, it is, Basically. basically. Because, I mean, they're, again, they're all human, so they're going to react different ways. Actually, you know what? So scouting is actually something. I, like, I know I'm American, obviously, in the Patriot League, it's more of a shoestring budget. Yeah. You know, you yeah. only have. I, I was talking to, to your assistant Emily in the off season, and she was telling me all the stuff she did about. She was an assistant coach. She had to handle the analytics. She had to handle the video. She had. To switch, <laughs> she she didn't have any of the resources. She had to use a spreadsheet to do it. Yeah. I'm sitting there thinking like this woman must be super. 
Yeah. And so now when you go to Wake Forest and you have so many more resources, do you feel like you're, you're kind of like a kid in cancer? Like, yeah, we can do whatever we want. So there's Drake At goes, first, I was like, there's too many people. Why, why do we need that many people, right? Yeah. And now you're like, we need all those people, right? Um, no, it's, it's awesome for Emily in particular because we can hire Joey, who you met, yeah. right, that really runs the analytics for her. I mean, they collaborate on it, but I mean, they're, they're doing it together. But then he hired a student, right? I heard. I heard. which is great. Who's, she was awesome. So, it, and I know baseball at Wake has, has a huge, like, analytics, mm -hmm. I don't know, they have 10 guys yes. that are in their program. So we want to move towards more of that and not weigh everything so heavily on analytics. I think because at least at times we look at me and she goes, was that a bad shot? I'm like... If it's in rhythm and it's open, take the shot. Just because pull-ups are not a great shot analytically yes. does not mean that we take none, right? So it's like if you got in their head a little bit. So I hope as we move through this that they understand that like if it's open, you're on balance and take it, yeah. right? So yeah, how do you get them to understand like I'm telling you this is a bad shot because of the con. There's that a was lot so going, difficult. Yes, the context matters yeah. so much about that bad shot. It does. You can it tell does. he's got some frustrations coming uh, back from coaching already. <laughs> I know. I just want to get back, like, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you feel this too. It's like when you're out of practice, you think of all the stuff you put it on. Oh, practice. for sure. But just like, I, I don't, like, how do you give them their context? Is it through the stats? Is it through the videos? Is saying, you know, hey, look, like, this is this is why this for was a film. bad job. For film. film. I mean, individual film with our position coaches and with us as a group. And then in practice, I'll point out if, I, if it's a bad shot, I'll tell them it was bad and I'll tell them why. Mm -hmm. Right? And so, and there's certain players like a jewel, right? The elite players take whatever's open. Right. You don't you don't mm -hmm. you don't um, hamper them at all because you want them to take whatever because Jules not gonna get threes as much as maybe Elise gets. Right. So those are game winners. Yeah, they yeah. are. A lot of times pull ups yeah. are the game winner, right? So you've got it, she's gotta be ready for that. Um, and she'd rather take a pull up three than yeah. a pull up four, yeah. right? So it's it's like getting her to understand that piece. But yeah, I mean, and everyone is really, I mean, they're busy. Yeah. All 10 people are really busy. And it's helped me a ton because I don't think I realized, like before at AU, yeah. we'd come in the office, right? We'd talk about practice, what we're going to do. And then we would go and do our thing and then we have practice and that's it, you know? Now, when we first got hired, I barely spoke to Emily and Nikki. <laughs> like, we just had a ton going yeah. on that like, we're on the phone all the time. We're, yeah. I'm going here, I'm going there. And I just don't see them. Yeah. It, it was weird. It was really strange. Not until we started games did we start to sit down yeah. and really talk about stuff. That's how busy we were. It was just, it was probably the hardest year of my life, for sure. Really? Yeah, yeah. But did you enjoy it? Did you yes, enjoy yeah. yeah. Just just difficult, just tiring, just demanding. So much new. But it's games. making me better, right? Yeah. It's making me a better coach. It's making me a better um, uh, person at this level, yeah. right? And I'm learning, and I'm a learner. I'm a person that doesn't like to be satisfied, that we always have to evolve. And that's why the, we brought the analytics pieces. Emily is the one that came up to me and said, what do you think of this? And I said, yes, go take the class. Let's yeah. add it. So the portal, right? You got to evolve with the portal. Yeah. NIL, you got to evolve with that. So there's so many new things that I wasn't prepared for right. at this level that I'm going through it now. And I'm like, wow, I wouldn't have gotten this at eight years. The growth mindset, like I, I, having a fixed mindset is not possible, I think, no. at, like, to succeed. Yeah. In basketball, but. like you can't say this is how we have always done it. Yeah, even yeah. motion to a degree yeah. we've had to tweak because it's just it may not work against a certain team a certain way. Yeah, so you have to keep tweaking stuff. Well, and, the mo and the motion continues to evolve, just like it does. generally, like it handoffs does. and the yeah, because ours is different based on who's in, yeah. Yeah. right? Because Demir's in. She ain't shooting from the perimeter, yeah. right? So we got to, it's almost like a four out, one in with yeah. her in. And then with every, when she comes out, then we can five out, mm -hmm. we can do a little bit more. Yeah. So. And, and the, 
speaking of the learning, like you, so American obviously is a great school. Yeah. You go to Wake Forest, another great school. You yeah. have high academic, yeah. and you mentioned this, you mentioned the high academic uh, nature of your players. Like, what does that do for you as a coach? Like, now, like, probably teaching a little bit more. A lot of questions. They, yeah, right? Like, it seems like they're, <laughs> it's easier to teach them. To a degree, but they yeah. ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And it's it's for them, a lot of times they're so smart, it's black and white. Emotion is all gray. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the hardest part for them. But I do enjoy, I, I enjoy not having to worry about what grades are getting in the classroom, right? Because there are certain programs that you have to make sure they're going to class. I don't, I don't have to do that. Right? They care. That's why they went there. Mm -hmm. And I, I came in firing. Like my first day, if you guys don't get it done in the classroom, you don't belong here. End of story. So that was a number one. And they understood that. And they, they've done a really good job. But like, yeah. There's the gray part of basketball, and mostly basketball is gray, right? I think defense could be a little bit more black and white, but for the most part, so it's learning and being okay with, was this okay? Yeah. Was this okay? And it's like, it's fine. And it's like how you live life too. Like yes. any there's no there's no black and white there in most is, in life. So. It, it just isn't so, and I think that's a good learning lesson for a lot of them. So how'd you develop, like, I think to a certain, like a large extent, coaches or teachers? Yeah. It's John Morgan thing. Um, how'd you develop your teaching method? Because so my head coach was a history teacher for thirty years. That's how you develop the teaching <laughs> That's method. Good and then you, I've heard Carl Smith, Carl Smesco at FGC talk about you know, how he uses what I call the Socratic method from law school, where he's asking questions. Okay. So he asked the questions and they answered. Okay. How'd you develop your kind of teaching method? So that's interesting. So uh, Coach Georges, who I worked for yeah. at Maris, it's his offense. The motion yeah. is something he developed in how we run this particular motion. And he was a teacher his entire life. So he was, um, I think, a um, science teacher. Mm -hmm. So for me, or health or something like that. Anyway, watching him kind of go through his way of planning stuff, like it's detailed. And I'm a very detailed person. So we're going to start with the overarching picture of our defense or our offense. We're gonna sh we're gonna run it five on zero, and then we're gonna break it down step by step. So that's kind of how I learned to teach it. And I before I worked for him, I worked for a couple other really good coaches, but they didn't teach that way. Okay. They were all about we have to do this drill perfect before we move on. And he was very much that's not that's not the game of basketball. It's like why do we do four on four show when there's five people out there? That's what he said. And I was like that makes a lot of sense. So we only do five on five show now. We don't do four on four. Right, so it's that part of that. Like he just—he's such a—he's a master at the game, and I—I I mean, I spent ten years with him, yeah. so I learned a lot and I paid attention yeah, yeah. to how he taught. Now he's a lot more vocal than I am. <laughs> he's a lot scarier than I am. Um, but you have to be you. At the end of the yeah. day, like you take everything you learn, and you're like, I'm still going to be me, right? I'm still going to approach it this way because this is who I am. It takes a lot out of me to yell and scream, like yeah. a lot. It drains me, I, and you have to at times. I thought one thing Dano told me. And I thought it was just so interesting. So Dan, obviously, he said that he loved the coaches that were as excited about the good things you do as, the, as the bad things you do. And so, like, that was kind of like a, when, when he told me that it was mid-season, I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm the most hyped coach. I'm always, like, yelling and screaming. So I was like, you know what? I'm only going to yell and scream for the good stuff. That stuff, I'm going to come and talk to you quietly. But I thought like that was that was so interesting to hear. Yeah, like when you when you see a good cut, when you make a good cut and you hear about it, it's like wow. I mean, obviously, probably matters more when they're developing, right? As a freshman, I know when I screwed up, it's going to be hell for me. Yeah. Yep. And, but as a senior, you're expected not to do that. But you've earned a lot of the leeway, and, like some of those opportunities to screw up because you 
you know you have your coach's trust. I, the anxiety of just relationships between coaches too is like coach and player, like sometimes it's just never gonna work. But when it does, it's, you make beautiful art on the court. I love that. Yeah, and I think there's also that piece of like the coaching aspect of like, when they mess up. How do you approach that person yeah, in particular? Yeah, and in games, you don't have as much time right. to talk them through it. Your staff, when they sit down, has to talk them through it. And I'm not a big, like, rub it in your face person. Like, if I take you out and I'm just slap you high five and I don't say anything, it's because, unless you're tired, right? It's not like, well, you just did this, 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 and this. And that's what, like, no, I'm not. You should know why yeah, you're coming out. Yeah. 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 So if we've done our job in practice, you should. Yeah. But I think, um, I like that. I'm going to use that yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like definitely developmental freshman, huge. I mean, just, I mean, building confidence is everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Jewel, when she's feeling that confident level, oh, yeah. is it's like it's like watching step. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's unexplainable, but it's the coolest thing in sports, and someone is on that heater. Yes. Um, I mean, Caitlin Clark. It's like she's like oh, tantalizing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, you know, I think I think we should probably let you get out of here. Yeah. Get on with it. But. I do kind of want to hear what you have, what you're thinking about tonight's final four games. Oh my gosh! You don't I have mean, to pick a winner or anything. Just okay, you know, your okay. general thoughts. So I'm a Virginia Tech fan. I, I just am. You're talk. You're talk. Okay, you're good, the choir. Good. I think they play the way we would like to play. They don't run motion, but the way they share the basketball and having that inside-outside presence is really something I'm looking to do to build that weight. So I really am excited. I think. I think they. I think they can beat LSU. I really do. I, I went to the open practices yesterday just to watch a little mm -hmm. bit. I, I miss Virginia Tech, but I'm watching LSU, and I'm like, I think they can do this. It's going to be hard. Not going to be easy by any stretch. And obviously, Moke is a great coach, yeah. so that's going to be a challenge for them. But I, I kind of want to see, like, and uh, Coach Green on my staff and I were talking about this. I kind of want to see the Tech uh, South Carolina matchup just to see how Kitley does against Boston. Like, yeah. does her fadeaway work against that somebody her size? Like, I would love to see that. Um, but if I had to pick an overall winner, I'm going with Don Staley. I'm going with South Carolina. I, I'm sorry. I just am. <laughs> we, we've had this conversation. We, had a, we did a whole podcast. We talked for like 30 minutes about why Iowa could win. And every single one of us picked South Carolina. And, and that's fun to, to talk about, too, though, because Iowa can score. Yeah. And, and obviously, Caitlin Clark can score. I just don't know if they can rebound well enough to stay stay in the game. Um, Against them this year and last year, like, your margin for error is so small. Razor thin. And you're already kind of starting yeah. off behind yes. with size every yes. team is. Yes. So it's... You have to have a perfect game, and they have to have below average. And odds are, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, Amen. it's like you have to have a below average game. Well, and you have to have a bench. See, that's where Virginia Tech will not. It will not work out because yeah. he only plays six. Yeah. So you get foul trouble, like we talked about. Uh, you're in trouble against South Carolina. So I just don't know any of the teams that are as deep as as they are. So not yeah. many. Not yeah. many. Yeah. I mean, I obviously watched the Maryland game, and I thought, okay, Maryland might actually be able to do this. And then they got in foul trouble and it hurt them. Oh, yeah. He's like, Brenda, I mean, you buy it up. You, you sit them for Cheyenne and Diamond for what? Like, the whole quarter. The, the second yeah, quarter. You put yourself in a hole, then you have to change your whole game plan to get back and yes. catch up. And, and it's exhausting. Yeah. And it's exhausting. I mean, it, I thought some of the fouls were questionable, but I. Oh, I, I'm indeed. Always, indeed. I'm always the uh, refs are bad guy. I mean, <laughs> 
They're, That's they're, me. The refs are always out to get you. So I will say this though. I, a lot of times I think that in the moment and I go back and watch them like, dang, they were right. I know. I feel real bad. Yeah, and then I, I feel said. bad yelling at them, right? But then when you're right, you're like, I was right, you know? <laughs> so there's that piece of it. But, you know, I mean, they're trying their best. It's funny, we yeah. had dinner last night and with my staff and there's a group of officials sitting next to us. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm gonna buy them drinks just because you never know. No, you never know. <laughs> so I bought them their first round drinks, hoping that it helps us down the road. Oh, there you go. There you go. We'll keep track of that. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so Dan, so Dan, I actually saw this. I want to talk to you about a little bit about off the court stuff. What? How good are you at golf? God, I love she, golf. Okay. Uh, I took lessons for years. Okay. So, I, have you been able to play? No. Okay. <laughs> ever since I got the job, I played yeah. the KL. Okay. I actually have a lunch here at noon with them, but I played in the KL outing, um, and that was it. I haven't played since. And so I'm supposed to join a club, okay. uh, Old Town, hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed. If I do, you guys, if you are golfers, oh. you're going to have to come play. I, I'm there for a good time, not a not a. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I'm not serious. I just okay. enjoy it. So in COVID, obviously, that was one yeah. of the things you could do yeah. was go play. So I got my first round in the 70s ever. I've never, really? but it only happened one time. Where'd you play in DC? Oh God, I never played in DC. It was okay. always like in Maryland. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cause that's where I'm from. So yeah. I usually went out to like the Urbana area yeah. and played that way. Um, but I, I haven't, so my game, I have no idea what my game's like right now, <laughs> honestly. Um, but I love it. it. It gets my mind off basketball. And it's a great way to socialize. It's a great way to like, in a way with like parents that play golf and stuff like that so oh i didn't think about that yeah oh yeah a lot of a lot of deals happen out on the golf course <laughs> wow. as they say so oh no yeah we'll have to have you guys in yeah i get invited back to golf because i'm a good hang uh not because i bring the best clubs or the best <laughs> game you know what i mean it's about being a great hang and you can go far in that i i need some new clubs i've had my same clubs wow. for like nine ten years so yeah, it's it's be tough. The, get it's some tough. get some wake uh wake are course. you a golfer i said you are uh i played a little while so when i was younger i was i was pretty good were you I oh so good. i can learn from you no right. I, I completely <laughs> Uh, left golf behind because okay. I lost. I didn't have money. Like once I got to like you know high school and then I had to drive myself and pay for myself. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is a little bit less fun <laughs> to have to, because I used to play PGA courses and then I was playing city courses. Yeah. So we can. It's, a little not, less it's fun. not as fun. I agree. But you know, I still I, I like being out there and hanging out. And sure. Mentioning well, the recruiting. We'll, we'll, we'll get you out there. Well, we need to we need to take the clip of you saying we need new clubs and we're going to tweet it at Wake Forest uh, Golf Team. Sure. Men's and women's golf. I want the custom bag and everything. Uh, I, uh, yes. 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 I, need, I, I love this little logo. Yes. You like this? All right. We're we'll gonna have to get you guys some. We're in gear. Oh, yeah. We're, we will come down to Winston-Salem. Okay. I'm, I'm sure of it. We've already been playing a few where trips. Where are you guys? Where are you? Are you out of DC? So I'm in DC. He's in New York. Hey, where? New York. Okay. Oh, from so Texas far. originally, but oh no kidding. Yeah. Okay. My wife's family is actually from just north of Winston Salem. No So kidding. I'm there all the time. Okay. So yeah. let me know when you're coming down. We just couldn't come in basketball season because. I understand. I understand. It's gonna be an off-season trip. And okay. We'll, we'll come down. We'll go. Yeah. You'll see how bad we are, and then you'll feel great about yourself. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's been a year. I don't know. We we will come hang out. Yeah. And, then, and have a good that. time. We're a good hang. I think. I would love that. And and my staff plays. Nikki plays. Okay. Emily plays. I think Millette might even play. Oh really? So yeah. We'll, we'll get you out there. Millette uh, used to coach at and, William Mary, which is that that's where my went to law school. Okay. Great nice. affinity. So. That's that's awesome. That's a nice. That's a good school. Really smart. 
Well, thank you so much for coming yes. with us. Yes. Had a blast. Yes. So did I. Thank yeah. you for, for the interview. This is awesome. Oh my gosh, this, this is amazing, and we're looking. I'm looking forward to seeing where this program yes. goes. And Thanks. I believe in it, not just because I know you <laughs> and I know the staff, but like. I believe in it because you guys do. You guys are building it the right way, and you have the right players around. I hope so. Fingers crossed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.